Hey, dear sister, it is so great to be back with you to continue this great, important topic of heart transformation. And I am so happy that I get the burden, the beautiful burden and the task of teaching and equipping my fellow sisters and some brothers too, how to live from the heart. And in previous episode, episode uh, chapter 57, where I covered what is heart transformation, right? And all the important things that you need to know about heart transformation. So now today we are going to dive in into part two of the series. And this time we are tackling the question, do you have to be a Christian in order to go through heart transformation? Yeah, I know. You may not be ready for this episode. No, really, you may not be ready because your being will be convicted by the Holy Spirit to assess how you are being a Christian. And so this message primarily is for my sisters and brothers in Christ. But if you're not a believer, if you're not a disciple and you feel like you want to hear what we have to say about this, you're more than welcome to participate in that. And so let's go ahead. I want to go ahead and kick this off looking at what heart transformation is all about. And I want to start by also talking in this episode about this topic of, do I have to be a Christian? In episode 57, the previous episode um, in the series, this charge that the Lord has given me has really shook me personally. This call from the Lord has, you know, taken me, it's taken me a while to uh, muster the courage to step into it. So just as the title of the episode says, this part two of the Heart Transformation series will be all about the yokes we find ourselves entangled in and the things that we can be able to get clean from when it comes to our heart's transformation, okay? And so you get to choose at the end of the day how you're going to respond to the call and the nudge that will be in your heart when it comes to um, uh, this topic. Heart transformation, as I mentioned before, is more than emotions. And you will hear me say this over and over again. So this episode lays the foundation of who orchestrates heart transformation. So we explore the question, can my heart transform without me being a Christian? Can I truly live free on just modifying my behaviors? I have been told there, here and there uh, that, you know, you you've, you've can go through so many things to transform, right? Um, I have personally been there and done that, all the various ways of transforming uh, and changing myself. And the best choice that I made was this one, the one where I got to choose how I was going to show up every day, how I get to choose how I'm going to set the pace. How, you know, there's this word that we all know, mindset set your mind and keep it set. You know, the Bible says, and Joyce Meyer has said it over and over again. And I love Joyce Meyer when she talks about the mind and I have been through it all, but you know, I've gotten to a place where my heart is so bigger than my mind. And some of you are hearing me and you're like, what? 
your heart is bigger than your mind because it's more than just your mindset. It's a whole lot of things in there, but the big part of your heart is also taking care of your mind. And it's also taking care of your emotions. And it's also taking care of your yearnings. And it's also taking care of your deepest desires and all those things, right? So my heart and making sure that when I say my heart, it's more than that. My inner girl being led and nurtured by another being, not a human being, but the Holy Spirit is absolutely where the flavor is at when you get it right. I will always say this in all the parts of the series, your heart is more than your emotions and feelings, dear sister. Your heart is complex. It is deeper than the conscious mind. It is more sensitive than the emotions and feelings. It needs daily nurturing and affirming. It needs rest and care. Your heart is where God delights to dwell and you get to choose him or that. If you haven't listened to part one, you may want to do that first. And part two, discipleship basics, behavior modification or heart transformation. Which one is it, right? So I want you to come on in and let's go and figure it out. Okay, so let's go. This is Kate Ekukadezi, and it is great to have you listening today. What I aim to do with this podcast and the wider ministry of Godly Woman and Company is to help you heal and transform your heart and mind as you choose to honor God, serve others, and live free in Christ every day. I believe healing is our choice, and once we embrace that process, we can truly heal others as we are healed. So I say... Healed people heal people. And don't just say it from the head. I want you to say it from the heart, okay? I have a few announcements that I want to say before we move forward. So first of all, I want to say a big shout out. Yes, I do. Thank you to all of you new listeners and viewers across all social platforms. And I want to give a shout out to Miss Adobia MB. She joined us on Instagram and I see that you are doing your thing, sis. So thank you so much for supporting Godly Woman and Company and also the podcast as well. We have newsletters that go out every Thursday and you can find these and more information at godlywomanandcompany.org. Yay! finally switched over from IamFreeWoman.org to GodlyWomanAndCompany.org. It's coming, y'all. It's coming. I know it's been a slow process for those of you who have walked the journey with me and the ministry. It's been a slow process, but it takes time. Everything that we are doing takes time, especially the work that the Lord has given me. And I try to do as much as I can. And sometimes, you know, you don't get to do the things that you want to do because I'm a mom and a wife and I have things that I need to focus on. I'm writing, I'm teaching. So it takes time but it's coming. So I am freewoman.org is now godlywomanandcompany.org. Thank you all for supporting the ministry in however and whatever and way that you can. I appreciate it. My heart is immensely grateful. 
Also, we have been sharing about an upcoming Dear Sister retreat titled The Wellspring Life Retreat. So if you haven't heard about it, I'm telling you the spots are filling up quickly for pre-registration. So go ahead and make sure that you uh, uh, let us know that you're interested, okay? There's a link in the newsletter that we send out that should, that should give you all the information that you need. And for those of you who have already pre-registered, thank you. The website is coming. More information is coming next week and we can't wait to launch that website with you. So go check it out um, when it's launched next week, okay? And we will send out the newsletter with all the information about it. The retreat is about the wellspring of your life. How many of you know what the wellspring of your life is? Your heart, your heart, your heart. The wellspring of your life, your heart and Jesus in partnership as you rest, purge and surge into the new year. Yes! <laughs> So the dates have been modified slightly and we start Thursday, January 18th through Sunday, January 21st, 2024 in Atlanta, Georgia. On the website, we'll have all the details and all that stuff. So I want you all to mark your calendars and if you're planning to join us, please do so that you can get closer to Jesus as you get closer to other godly sisters, okay? All right, so... Here we go. It was the hot summer late evening that jolted my heart. That healing encounter that I had with Jesus, I will never forget. But the process of this encounter had started months prior. I had come to a place in my life, a point in my life, in my marriage, where I was done. I was done chasing feelings. I was done chasing people to accept me. I was done chasing people to validate me. I was done chasing people to love me, to fulfill a need in me. I was done. When I didn't know who to trust with my heart, which was in total, total heartbreak. Mind you, I was married and thought I loved my husband. So... If I was in that situation in marriage and I thought I loved my husband, how could I be married and still have a heartbreak? Oof, so much to unpack in there. Because for years I had been given the tip of my heart and others only saw the tip of that iceberg. I did a lot of band aiding. You know, you put a band aid on something, modifying actions and behaviors. And even my thoughts, you know, we have all these affirmations. I'm going to say these affirmations until they come true. Two years, three years, five years, you're still speaking the affirmations and you're still where you are. <laughs> that was me, okay? I was like, okay, something's got to give. I cannot be in this place where I still have these beautiful affirmations that I'm saying, but I am still where I am at. So I did a lot of band-aiding. I did a lot of modifying of my actions and behaviors and even thoughts that I had. I would read these affirmations and it was not going anywhere. I had opened myself up to beliefs such as the laws of attraction. Anybody? 
a CD was given to me. Someone at, at work gave me this CD and it was a gift that it gave me. And I unknowingly listened to it over and over and over and over again, the laws of attraction. And it was good. It was really good. You know, like if I didn't know any better today, I probably will still be following the laws of attraction. You know, my heart got transformed into something. Definitely not what it is now. But the laws of attraction transform my heart into something. So again, heart transformation, you don't have to be a Christian to go through heart transformation because listen, we are all going through heart transformation of some sort, but the purest heart transformation that you ever go through, the one that moves you and you moves you an inch closer to righteousness and, and purity and, and sanctified and just living from your heart with no guilty conscience and going to bed and not waking up with all this burden and, you know, all these things in you, that is the heart transformation that only one person can give. And that is the person, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, the God we know and love. So I was going through all this. My heart had been transformed through the laws of attraction, but I was still angry. I still had this fury in me and all these things from hurts and pain that people have done to me. The loss of attraction could not take that away. It was there. And all I did was just bandaid it up, right? But when Jesus gets a hold of your heart, you have that Jesus swag, okay? And this is what Jesus swag is. If you want to be swagging like Jesus, it is you're saved and sanctified. That's the S. You're whole and you're winning. That's the W. You are affirmed and accepted. That's the A. And you are good and godly. That is the G. Should I repeat that? If you wanted to have the Jesus swag, you are saved and sanctified. You are whole and winning. You are affirmed and accepted. And you are good and godly godly. Yes. How about that? Listening to the new age crap that I was listening to, my heart remained as hurt as it was, in pain as it was, revengeful as it was, unforgiven as it was. But the tip of the heart, the iceberg, and what I did was fake my presence conditioned my love and trust to a degree or to a fault, gave others only what I felt they had a right to have, which was mostly skepticism, criticism, judgment. The tip of my iceberg, which was my heart, was about me, 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 me. <laughs> and was not looking to give to others compassion which was very minimal, okay? It was very minimal. I only saw one thing. People will come for me, so I have to come for you before you come for me. People will hurt people, so keep that heart closed, Kate, and tighten it up. Don't let any man or woman ever hurt you again. That was the narrative I was feeding myself. So the more I was feeding this to my heart, I was feeding my mind affirmations, you know, laws of attraction, all these things to try to get me to this place that I thought will fulfill me and all that stuff. And it wasn't. I would wake up with high achieving goals, list of positive thinking affirmations, 
promising myself that I would be good and trust God, but deep within me, I was self-sufficient. I was independent. That independent spirit was all over. I was shallow with my presence with others. No depthness to it. Don't even ask about joy and peace and patience and all the good stuff about the fruits of the spirit. I didn't know what they were. My default was anger, okay? You didn't want to poke the bear and the bear was hidden very well, okay? I was great at masking it up. So, dear sisters, I share a snippet of my before Christ and I mean truly before Christ, because Lord knows we have levels of our before Christ, okay? But I have shared that because that was the last BC life that I really wanted to embrace, that I really wanted to live before I was captured by grace. And what I mean is good grace. I shared this snippet so you know that the authority I have been graced by God to teach this heart transformation, and to help and equip women to go through it comes from my own encounter and experience with Jesus. I only teach, coach, and write what I have been through. And what I have been through is a lot. So brace yourself, because if you're on a journey with me, it's going to be a while, okay? And it's going to be fun, and it's going to be beautiful, because at the end of it, your heart is going to smell like Jesus. That is what modification did for me. Modification is you run from your shadow. Yes, you run from your shadow, but you can never escape its presence. Behavior modification is like you running from your shadow, but you can never escape its presence. More on behavior modification later. For now, I want to answer the question. Can my heart be transformed without me being a Christian? Mm. As you've heard before, it can, but it's not going to be transformed into what you probably would like to have, but you probably don't know yet. So maybe you have been asked by someone who is on a healing journey, you know, how to change, how to be delivered, how to just become better and all that stuff. I want to take some time and explain this a bit, okay? A Christian is a person whose behaviors and heart reflects the person of Jesus Christ. And who is Jesus, the person, the son of God, the way, the truth, the life, as it says in John 14, verse 6. He is our example of the type of heart God accepts. Jesus told his disciples to do this, to believe in God and also believe in him. In John 14, verse 1, he is the living word of God and the word of God does something amazing. It cuts through bone and marrow. Actually, let me go ahead and read the scripture about what the word of God does, okay? And it's from the Amplified Version. For the word of God is living and active and full of power making it operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, 
penetrating as far as the division of the soul and the spirit, the completeness of a person, and the both, both joints and marrow, the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. Hebrews 4.12. That right there is heart transformation. Heart transformation is surgery, okay? It is what the word says in Jeremiah, circumcision. You have to have your heart circumcised. Being a Christian, your behaviors and hearts reflecting Jesus Christ also means discipleship, truly discipleship. Discipleship, living in obedience to the ways of Jesus. That's it. So if you hear what I describe the word of God being, that it cuts through bone and marrow, the deepest parts of you, your nature, your soul, and your spirit, and it does all that, the word of God is nurturing. It's supposed to nurture us. If you go back to the beginning of Genesis, that's not. this is not how God created us, but this is what we have become. So if you lean into heart transformation, the truest form of heart transformation, what you're doing is you want to get to this place where obedience is your default when it comes to your relationship with Jesus as Christians. If you're not a Christian, then your heart will transform through behavior modification, but it will not get to the richest parts that you possibly could get to. And I stand on that. I am currently reading a book by Dr. J. Dwight Pentecost. I love him. I love his teaching. I've been listening to some of his stuff and reading too. The book is designed for leadership, okay? Des designed for discipleship. And in his book, Dr. Pentecost explains that there are three types of disciples, the curious, the convinced, and the committed. All three have a desire to know Jesus, and a willing heart to be taught by his word. But here are the differences. And so I'm going to break it down, okay? The curious, it, it, the curious is a willing heart to be taught and they are learners, okay? They have a willing heart to be taught, willing to listen. And so the curious, and so to the curious, those charged with teaching the Bible, we must expound and expose scripture to those who are willing to be taught. As Christians, as you're listening to me, dear sister, you might be curious. You might think, you know, yeah, I'm a Christian, you know, and all that, but you might just be a curious Christian, <laughs> a curious disciple, a curious Christian. Here is the highlight, though, when it comes to being curious. A simple submission to listening and being taught does not make one a disciple. And that's what Dr. Pentecost says. An intellectual curiosity is what we all have most of the time. Head first, right? To know Jesus does not make you a disciple. Let me pause. Are you all right out there? To know Jesus does not make you a disciple. because what does Jesus say about being his disciple? You obey and you do. And our intellectual curiosity sometimes gets in the way of that. So when you think about this admission, dear sister, and you look at scripture in John 8, verse 31 and 32, 
Jesus was sharing with the Jews who had believed him that simply hearing and teaching is not enough. They must hold on to the truth and do as it says. And there's a part about that scripture that we all like because the truth will set you free. But most of us here, we do a lot of what I was saying, which is behavior modification. We are affirming our mind with the truth will set me free. The truth will set me free. The truth will set me free, which is good. And it's a good first step. The next step to that is where the heart transformation happened. When you actually start to do what he says you should do. Okay. So he says it in Romans that we ought to renew our mind. So we renew our mind on his word and the mind is a part of our heart. And as we're renewing our mind, a part of our heart is intentions. You must have the intention to do. A part of our heart, our heart is faith and belief and doing. We must do what he says we should do. That's when the transformation happens. So do it as it says, doing as it says, respond to what they hear, that's the curious, through action, through faith. That is the only way that you can be free from sin. When you are curious, you're curious. You're just hearing, you're just listening. But to move from that, you must do. The doing, the application of what you hear from the word, dear sister, is what makes you a disciple of Jesus. A progression can happen from curious to the convinced. So that's the next one. The next one is convinced. The convinced believe in Jesus. You listen to his word and you have experienced some of his miracles. You feel like you know Jesus. You are convinced of the expanse of who Jesus is and his authority. Okay. Let's just say you have some holy fear of the Lord. You're convinced that He's everything, all right? Convinced disciples come to Christ with head and heart. The head listens and logically understands what they're hearing, and the heart listens and believes. Ooh. So, are you okay out there, dear sister? The curious, the convinced. Are you are you are you kind of seeing where we might all be, right? Convinced sounds like most of us today as Christians. This is where most Christians remain. You know, we want a little bit of Jesus and a whole lot of the world, or we want a, little, a lot of Jesus and a little bit of the world, right? Listen, I'm with you on this. I sometimes, like God is a moment of transparency. God is now convicting my heart a lot when it comes to my Afrobeats songs that I love and dance to in the gym He's been convicting my heart for a while on that. He's like, hey, I know you love dancing and you can still continue to dance. But these songs, some of them, yeah. That is what I'm having to work through right now in my heart. It's allowing God to take the world out of me. And it's not, it's not easy, y'all. That is heart transformation. It doesn't have to be perfect. You just have to obey. You have to let him have your heart. So we want a little bit of Jesus and a lot of the world or a lot of Jesus and a little bit of the world. We blame, we complain. We don't take accountability for our parts in life's happenings. Mostly how we are responding to life, right? We do lukewarmness. 
we accept the status quo that the enemy throws us sometimes and forget to pick up the word and go to war. We wait to be fed when we can go farming for ourselves the truth in scripture. We are convinced and so we believe and we are believers and we remain as believers. But Jesus didn't come to raise the dead just so they become zombies. All right. Jesus didn't come to convince the world to raise the dead so that we can become zombies, okay? He came to make all things new. Revelations 21, 5 to 8. Read that. I want you to read that. Here in Revelations, we know that there is a place for everyone, according to how and what we do with the truth. Oof. We seek the works of Jesus more than the person of what makes Jesus who he is. Okay. So now we know about curious and convinced. Let's go to the next one. I love the next one. Let's look at the third one, which is what we are all striving to become the committed disciple. And this is where true heart transformation towards purity, towards righteousness, towards holiness sits. I bet we all thought we were committed before you started listening to this episode, right? I'm a committed Christian, committed, committed, committed. But after hearing about the other two, what do you think? There can be a natural and recognized transition from convinced to committed. And that can be found with Jesus's interaction with Peter about who do men say I am in Matthew 16. You become a committed disciple when you believe in the person of Jesus and not just his works. You seek his heart, his will, his way, his word. And you not only believe that he is the son of the living God, but you also affirm in faith. Okay, and faith to me is belief in action. You just don't believe, you do. You just don't believe, you do. Doing is not easy, dear sister. And we all go back and forth in our walk. The seasons of unbelief can be so real. I have lived it and I know that journey so well. But when you truly surrender your heart and submit to the Lordship of Jesus, you are in allegiance with an unwavering leader, okay? From my own experience and journey, I do believe your heart can be transformed. Into what is the question? Into what is the question? The what is the most important one you can ever, ever answer for yourself. And that is what, dear sister, you must identify. I want my heart to transform. What do you want it to transform into? Because I said earlier that when I was listening to the laws of attraction, my heart was transforming into something, right? What do you desire your heart transformation to be? Sometimes our desire would be that of wanting to experience total peace and joy and contentment. Sometimes it may be desiring power, status, and so on. When you walk into any therapy, coaching, or healing approach, there is usually going to be an end in mind. And so when you sit down with your therapist or counselor, you begin the relationship by assessing your needs and then running through some goals, right? Depending on the therapy approach you work on, achieving those outcomes, the 
type of heart transformation that gives life to those you know, feeling like they are living in perpetual cycles of disappointment, unforgiveness, confusion, identity crisis, and so on, is through the obedience of the ways of Jesus, period. That's it. And so we will always constantly have to figure it out, okay? Figure out every time we do something, you know, the Holy Spirit will inch us a little bit higher and a little bit higher. And we have to have that hard posture of obedience, I can sit with a client for six months and work on changing a behavior. And we can circle in the pain and the hurt and the little moments of enlightenment and growth. If the vision for the transformation is wholeness, clear conscience, true love, compassionate understanding, joy, inner peace, safe, security, clear motives and intention, one that sticks and doesn't dwell on guilt and shame, but rather on acceptance of self as worthy and so on. I can do all these things with a client who wants true heart from transformation. And I only know of one person who can freely and truly give that to you, dear sister. And there are people out there also who are saying, but I feel free and I have inner peace and I'm not a Christian. I know there are, but let me ask this. Is this freedom and feeling free and inner peace moving you closer into righteousness or away from it? Are you still searching? Is your conscience clear and at peace? Are your motives and intentions clear and invites others into compassionate love? How about your willingness to extend grace, mercy, forgiveness, see people beyond their limitations? How about those biases you hold? How about clinging to religion and culture over the culture of the kingdom? What kind of burden do you have that you think it's your life sentence and so you've given up? You see why a true heart transformation that results in eternal joy, peace, love, patience, self-control, gentleness, and all the fruits of the spirits can help you navigate life better, like can only be in partnership with Jesus. So yes, we have people that are saying that they are free and they have peace and inner joy and all that stuff. But when you go back to all the things I said, are you searching? Are you chasing? Are you, are you, do you, do you go to bed and wake up with this clear conscience and all that? You know, can you forgive all those things? If you haven't been able to walk through a journey of forgiveness, if you haven't been able to look at a total stranger and feel this immense love for that person, right? Then we still have work to do in our hearts. And so if you're a Christian and on a healing journey, look into the approach you're on and ask yourself, is this behavior modification or heart transformation? Are you working on the tip of the iceberg or are you going all the way to the depths? The inner girl's yearnings, hopes, dreams, motives, intentions, conscience. Woo, that's a lot, right? Heart transformation is the hard teaching that Jesus was told about in, J in John chapter 6, verses 60 to 70. When many disciples departed from Jesus, that was heart transformation moment. He told them the hard truth. But I want you to be encouraged, dear sister, that just like my journey, 
which I haven't arrived yet. And surely I probably will not arrive until I see Jesus someday. While I am on this earth, my journey will always be what it is. But the core of heart transformation is that beneath the iceberg of your heart are things that need to be transformed. And you know it. You know it. So if you do not reject his way, you will see life. But if you reject his way, as he says in John chapter 3, verses 36, you will not see life. Heart transformation is hard and not everyone will be ready for it. But for anyone who is ready to be known as a disciple, remember your heart is the wellspring of life. And that's where everyone wants to access. That's why it's a battlefield. You give the key to the right leader and he helps you in wisdom and truth to know who you allow access to this wellspring of your heart. So we will explore the benefits of heart transformation in another episode. But for now, let me share some of the differences between heart transformation and behavior modification. Heart transformation is really a spiritual transformation journey of freedom in Christ. Jesus takes your whole being from a life of cyclical bondage to a life of eternal freedom. You choose, you surrender, you submit, you obey, you worship. Yes, you experience true love where you love yourself, love God, and you love others. Heart transformation makes your inner self experience what I call the Jesus swag, as we have talked about in the beginning. Behavior modification makes your outer self attractive while your inner self has more of the Jesus swag. Heart transformation gives you long-term and lifelong benefits and effects that can withstand any test of time out there. While behavior modification is short-term and the benefits that can be toppled over, just, just name it. You know, you're going, you're doing behavior modification, you know you're good and life happens and you are just brought to your knees and you can't get up, right? It's like the, the building, a house on the foundation, okay? Heart transformation strengthens your internal resolve during storms, faith. Behavior modification strengthens your external skills in storms. Self-sufficient mindset, a heart transformed, lives in faith and hope. Behavior modification lives in fear and doubt. In the deepest parts of you, they are there. Heart transformation healing approach is dependent on the Holy Spirit and the word of God to change the person. While all the techniques and practices are biblically sound and conversations always direct your heart back to Christ and his word. Behavior modification healing approaches rely on humans, okay, the human therapist and all that. And that's all. So you go and you don't hear the word or you hear the word, but it's not cutting the bone and marrow. It's not cutting deep. And the theories and practices that people have created, that's behavior modification. And it's good because as a therapist, I use it sometimes depending on my client to start the journey. And then as we start the journey, I'm like, <clears throat> are you ready to go deeper? Yeah, let's go deeper. And then we start using the one word, that is above all, and it cuts, and it heals, and it mends, and it fixes, and it, yes, it just transforms, okay? 
So heart transformation will move your heart towards forgiveness. And if possible, reconciliation, which is ultimately what God wants. Behavior modification will move your heart towards justified rights and optional reconciliation. Poof. Heart transformation will take you on a being doing mindset. Behavior modification will take you on a doing to being mindset. Okay. I don't know about you, but I want to see life. I want to experience life. I want to live the full life that I can have, knowing that I am friends with God. And who doesn't want to be friends with God? And he looks out for my good, your good. I want this for you, dear sister, but I can't want it for you more than you want it for yourself. So wherever you are in your healing journey with God, I want you to start relating to God, whether curious, whether convinced, or whether committed. The bad days will come. The good days will come too. The difference between Peter and Judah, uh, Judas, the difference between Peter and Judas was what? Peter believed, obeyed, repented, and chose. The difference between Ruth and Orpah was what? Ruth believed, obeyed, surrendered, and chose. The difference between Job and his wife and friends was what? Job remained committed, obeyed, worshipped, prayed, repented, and chose. The difference between David and Saul was what? David believed, repented, remained, faithful, chose, and chose. The difference between you, dear sister, and no one, because there's no one you have to compare your journey to. And don't you like it that your, your, your journey is not the Bible that somebody else will be reading and kind of be like, ooh, that person, right? <laughs> it is unique. And just as you are, you have to start right where you are. So that concludes part two of the Heart Transformation series, focusing on that part, that question. Do I have to be a Christian in order to go through heart transformation? No, you don't. If you don't want that type of heart transformation that leads to purity and righteousness and so on. But if you want the one that leads to purity and righteousness and holiness and just walking with a clear conscience and experiencing the truest of joys, then yes, you got to start maybe with curious. Okay. All right. The question, can someone experience heart transformation without being a Christian? has been thoroughly looked at, right? So here's what we've done. We have defined the various types of disciples and you probably are now able to identify which one you are. We have also looked at the differences between heart transformation and behavior modification. So here are three words for you today, discipleship, faithfulness, and friendship. Three thoughts for today and they are simple. One, heart transformation is a spiritual transformation and one that draws your heart away from the things that interrupt your relationship with the only person who can give you an eternal rest for your soul. Two, the curious disciple know Jesus with her heart, with her head. The convinced disciple believes with her head and heart, but then also remains stuck in logic. And the convinced disciple also moves with faith. Okay, 
She obediently knows what to do and she does it and trusts Jesus with the outcome. Again, which one are you? There's also the committed. And how are you going to become committed? The committed does things by faith. Three, heart transformation is more than tending to your emotions and feelings. It is a journey that requires time, Holy Spirit, and a willing, teachable, humble heart to exude the pure fruits of the Spirit. You are ready to live true holiness. You're ready to deny yourself, die to yourself daily, and allow Jesus to lead your life as your Lord. So three actions for you today. If you aren't following us on any of our social platforms, I really invite you to join us on this journey. Also subscribe to our newsletter by visiting godlywomanandcompany.org. And here are some questions for you to reflect in your journal. Are you a curious, convinced, or committed disciple? Another question, what would it look like for you to be a friend of Jesus? And also think faithfulness, loyalty, trust, love. And the third question, which areas of your heart do you need to surrender today? Another action I want you to do is continue to pray. Pray on your heart, pray over your heart, and pray that God gives you the courage to pursue his holiness, okay? It is always a great time when I get to sit and do this type of work with you. I have tasted it, dear sister, and I know what it feels like, and I really want you to have that too. Living free is everyday godly decisions that frees your heart and mind, feeds your heart and mind, and focuses your heart and mind. My heart is full, and I hope yours is too. So I want us to be different, and I want us to be full of our callings, okay? There is work to do to transform hearts and mind around the world. So this is what I want you to do. Let's choose to be free. Let's choose to live free. Let's choose to stay free. Being faithfully renewed, encouraged, exceptional women and men of God. This is Kate, your chief joy activator. Until next time.